Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 725. Keeping your eye on the big picture, see the big picture, try not to get hung up in the minutia, and really be willing to take a chance, take a risk. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah! Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Paul Vorbach. Hey, Paul, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I indeed am. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. Great to have you here. Paul Vorbach is the second principal partner at Han Vorbach & Associates in Harmon, Pennsylvania. There they restore classic and vintage and classic cars, including Mercedes-Benz, Ferrari, Jaguar, and American-made marks. Paul and his business partner, Bill Hahn, who's a guest tomorrow on Cars Yeah, co-founded HV3D Works. It's a high-tech startup that's bringing 3D scanning and printing technology to the automotive restoration and customization industry. Very cool technology. An avid automotive enthusiast, Paul has built and restored hot rods and participated in numerous car-related ventures over the past decades. In addition to his talents in restoration, he is an accomplished guitarist and songwriter, and his personal projects include a very cool 1923 Ford T-Bucket hot rod and a 1927 Ford T-Coupe hot rod. I see a little bit of a trend there. So, so Paul... (laughs) I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment to share a little bit more about your business and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Absolutely. Well, definitely, you know, it's an interesting business to be in. My past life, my background really was in uh, in information technology oh. and, uh, and, and financial services and, uh, you know, project management, that sort of thing, building systems and, and, and software, hardware, the whole nine yards. And uh, it was really that was kind of my life for quite a while. But then, uh, you know, as that industry was just undergoing some shakeups, so, you know, back in, in the mid-2000s uh, here, I had an opportunity uh, to kind of get out of the business uh, looking pretty good. And, mm-hmm. and uh, at that time, Bill Hahn, my partner, he and, and our, our partner at that time, Wes Woodward, they were looking for someone to maybe join them that had a different skill set, ah. maybe brought something else to the table, but was still a car guy. Yeah, and, yeah. and so. I sort of fit the bill there, you know. I, I hadn't uh, hadn't done restoration work much myself. Worked on my own the hot rods and things, but mm-hmm. you know, this was an opportunity for me to uh, to take a complete co- uh, course correction in my in my life and career and do something different. And then uh, I, I eventually became a principal partner here when Wes Woodward kind of stepped down and decided he wanted to slow things down a little bit for himself. So. Here I am uh, trying to bring uh, some of what I know to our business. And so um, that was one of the reasons why getting involved in HV3D and taking on this uh, kind of high-tech thing kind of was uh, right up my alley because I could certainly uh, relate to uh, some of the technology involved there uh, you know, from my past life and, and move on from there. So it's been an interesting ride. It's never a dull moment, and, and I really have not looked back. It's been great. Well, this is so cool, and I was so excited to have you and, uh, of course, tomorrow your business partner, Bill, on the phone here because, uh, you know, Cars Yeah is all about people that have wrapped their passion into their vocation, and you did a big pivot in your life a little bit later than in life 
obviously, oh, yeah. which is a really cool deal, and jumped headfirst into what you're doing. And we're going to learn a lot more about that. We're going to learn a lot more about this new technology you guys are bringing to the market, which I'm very excited to share with the listeners, where you can make and fabricate old parts put on cars that are unobtainium, if you will, or very hard to find or non-existent. So we're going to learn a lot more about you as we continue on your automotive journey. But first, I always like to start with a success quote. This is some kind of saying or mantra that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. And it's a really nice way to get those inspirational tires turning here on cars. Yeah. So Paul, take the wheel. Absolutely. Well, for me, the, it's really the mantra. The, it's a twofold thing. It's about keeping your eye on the big picture, see the big picture, try not to get hung up in the minutia, and really be willing to take a chance, take a risk. Mm-hmm. You go around once in this life, and no, you don't want to lose your shirt. But you know, so many people that I have run into over time uh, have just been reluctant to to. They're really reluctant about the failure side of things that they might make a mistake or yeah. someone might look at them askew. And you know, Mark, you did the same thing when you started this this uh, <laughs> oh this yeah podcast. You know, yep, yep. Um, you know those those are kinds of things. I say go for it. Don't be stupid about it, but go for it. It's absolutely you feel so much better because I'd rather, you know, that path not taken and that's the one you regret. Yeah. You know, I read these um, stories about people in their, their final days and final, final moments and people ask them, what would you have done differently? And you always hear the same thing. I would have taken more chances, done more things with my life instead of playing it safe and just go down that path. And you're right. You got to be smart about it. You got to prepare a little bit, but, uh, I've had plenty of guests on the show. I had a guy just a couple of weeks ago that just packed up with his girlfriend and moved out to the West Coast. Didn't even know wow. where they were going to live. Started a career in automotive art, uh, Pinstripe Chris. Chris Dunlop is his name. And awesome. now he's a successful automotive artist. And uh, yeah, it was tough. It was hard. But uh, wow, he took that chance. So I'm glad you uh, you brought that up because a lot of people uh, need to hear that little nudge in life. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And the most important thing, of course, I've learned here at Cars yeah, is Find some way to work in your passion. Oh, my gosh. It's so, so important. Well, let's go back in time a little bit. I'd love for you to share a story that instigated your passion for cars. You worked in IT and before this, but I kind of think you've been a car guy for a long time. So is there a pivotal moment in your life when you realized you were a car guy? Absolutely. It, it's hysterically funny because it was in the third grade. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> I went to a Catholic school and my best friend showed up one day at school and he brought with him a car craft magazine. And he brought this this uh, uh, magazine in and here was this thing and he, he showed it to me, you know, at like at lunchtime or something. We were, ha- you know, he brings this magazine out and all I could see is these drag cars and stuff on the front of the <laughs> cover of this thing. Yeah. And I just think they are the coolest looking thing. And I'm, I am just pouring over this magazine and I'm like, I, I, it just spoke to me, you know? Yeah. So yeah, third grade, I can remember it quite vividly. I even remember the cover of the magazine, you oh know? Oh my gosh, wow. One of those things where it was a moment that kind of stuck with me. And it was at that point that I really started to drink in the car thing mm-hmm. and being able to, uh, vicariously live through these magazines because you know at that time uh, we didn't have a lot of money or anything and you know getting to i could i didn't own a car is too young obviously third grade but <laughs> yeah. you know you know you got to kind of convince mom and dad who are not into this at all yeah that you know i want to go to the drag strip mom and she's like 
what? <laughs> what is that? And yeah. Why would you want to do such a thing? Right. You know, and I used to sit there and, and read the newspaper every week to check the TV listings to see if drag racing was on Wide World of Sports or NASCAR. <laughs> yeah. You know, because they would they would broadcast these things three months after they happened. But it was the way I got to see and learn. And from there, it became, a, a, you know, reading the books, reading, drinking it all in. And then that really was the launch point. And then, you know, it's been something that's been a little bit of a theme that's woven its way in and out of my life all along with family and other career and, and other, other interests, music and other things like that. Sure. I sort of, it, it took a back seat for a while, but you know, it's kind of funny how these things kind of weave in and out and resurrect themselves at a different time. So no, here we are again, <laughs> full circle, but uh, yeah, yeah, that was the start. So I can remember it very vividly. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I want to take a trip down some of the roads you traveled and talk a bit about a huge challenge or even a big failure that you faced along the way in your career. And of course, the most important part of this question is how did you overcome that situation and what did it teach you? So take us through that experience, that painful experience, and then tell us how it helped you gain even more momentum in your career and your business. Absolutely. Well, you know, I'm uh, I'm going to have to to wax a little on the sad side with this okay. one. Okay. Back in in '01, um, my wife passed away. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, thank you. That was absolutely a life changing mm, yeah. time. Oh my god. You know, yeah. I I had two children to finish raising and when you talk about a challenge that one really loomed, you know, obviously large. Mm. But I learned an awful lot about myself. Mm-hmm. It is a, a period when that happens, something like that happens, a, you know, a period of soul searching. I think it was through that that once again, just the appreciation for the, the how precious life can be and, mm-hmm. and how, you know, how everything can turn upside down on a moment's notice. And that, I think, was, again, a little bit of the inspiration for being able to step out and say, you know what, take those chances. Enjoy, you know, look for look for opportunities, make your opportunities and do that because you have to that, that's how you find your way through these things. That's mm. how you you overcome them is by, you know, you, you got really two paths to go. You can either just wallow in it or you can pick up your bootstraps and, and move forward. And I had a lot of help. I had, you know, people that cared about me, my family, my friends and my children mm-hmm. and and all of those things were really precious to me and, and were ways in which I, I was able to cope but truthfully you take that journey alone you do take that on your yeah. own yeah. you have to cope with it so while that you know it's I don't want to wax you know melancholy here it's a thing that happened it was a terrible thing at the time and challenging but you know what here I am and you know all you can do is move forward so right I look at that as a pivotal point. But here we are, you know, completely different uh, thing. Oh, my goodness. Well, I, I appreciate you sharing a really personal story and my sincere condolences for your Thanks. loss. I, I can't imagine. My my wife and I attended a memorial service just this past weekend. And a friend and co-worker of my wife, who's a pretty young woman, uh, passed away suddenly. And one of the things the pastor said that stuck with me and it came back rushing into my brain as you're sharing the story with me is that uh, this this person would want everyone around her to continue living on and fulfilling their dreams like she did. That's what she wants. You know, she doesn't want you to dwell on that. She wants you to move forward with your life and live it to it to its fullest. And so I think that's the takeaway I hear from you. That's what you Absolutely. were able to do to uh, power through. But oh my goodness, I, I can't even imagine uh, having to go through that, especially with little children. So uh, 
Wow, my thoughts are with you for sure. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share oh, yeah. what I call a a career aha moment. I think you had a big one when you decided to step out of a long-term IT career and get into something you wanted to be passionate about. So tell us about that time those headlights came on to illuminate your way and tell us how you uh, took those steps to turn that into a success. Well, you know, like you said, the opportunity sort of presented itself and I became acquainted with Bill Hahn through another mutual friend, a, a woman that I had worked with who is a, herself a, a car enthusiast and uh has owned several collectible cars that are uh, more of the hot rod variety. She's a muscle car girl and uh, just really into it. And Bill had restored a GTO for her that, you know, is just killer. Yeah. And uh, so we knew each other and she introduced me. When they kind of came along and had this, uh, you know, opportunity, I mean, Bill said, you know, quite frankly, I know I can't afford to pay you the kind of money that you were making in financial services. Mm -hmm. And I said, I know, I understand that, but that's not why I'm. I'm here. I'm, I'm here because I think there's something I can bring to the table, and I think I'd like to be kind of more in charge of myself here rather than uh, the corporate slave that I've been all these years. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, and, and the truth of the matter is when you own the business, it is a headache. It is. <laughs> and I don't mean that necessarily a bad way. It's just the pressure's on. You know, you, you are beholden to the customers. We strive and labor to do the very best for our customers and to, to deliver the goods for them. I mean, it's, we hold ourselves to the, our own feet to the fire if something isn't right. But at the same time, you know, you also have your crew, our guys, you know, and we love them dearly, think the world of these guys. And, uh, you know, but you got to make sure that, you know, the paychecks are getting signed and oh, that the yeah. bills are getting paid. And sometimes, uh, you know, when, when it's, when when the finances are tight, you know, that's uh, that, that keeps you up at night. Yep. But that's nature of the business, and that's an okay thing. Now, along with that, I, I'll give you one more aha moment, uh -huh. and that really is around the 3D thing. Um, oh, yeah. When we sort of started poking at this a couple of years ago, one of the things that we ended up doing uh, as we were gathering information and learning and kind of just, you know, well, what's this all about? And we went to some trade shows and things where they had printers and stuff and just trying to, well, how does this work? Mm -hmm. Well, kind of looked into that and, and did some reading research. And then there had been a, uh, there was a uh, kind of a symposium on the whole thing up at Penn State University, which is only uh, about a two and a half hour drive from here. And so a couple of us went up there and attended this thing. And I got to meet some people that are pretty influential within the, the 3D uh, and additive manufacturing world. Mm -hmm. And I got to listen to more about the state of the art and what was coming and all that. And right there, the aha moment, Mark, was really that when we learned that and realized that we knew more about this than we thought we did. Ah. And we saw that the opportunity was there and that there was a window of opportunity for us if we wanted to pursue it. And the question was, you know, how do we do that? Do we really want to do this? How do we how do we make this work? And so we saw that aha moment right there. We said, you know what? We got if we're going to do anything, we got to do it now. We got to we got to move forward now. Yeah. This is this is an opportunity. So Very it was cool. a, definitely an aha moment. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that business uh, as we move through our questions here. But I'd first like to hear about your proudest career or business moment. I would assume you've had many of them. But is there one that stands out for you? 
Yeah, I would say one in particular would be, you know, having one of our cars, you know, invited and on the show field at the Pebble Beach Concours. Oh, I think man. Yeah. There are a lot of very, very fine restoration shops in the con- in the country and around the world. And, and many of them have been there multiple times and multiple winners. But, you know, when we were able to um, produce a, a vehicle that, that was uh, – right for that show and get it get it accepted and get, go out there and have that experience of of uh attending that and you know and we've been to numerous other concourse shows as well amelia island the elegance at hershey just to name a few i mean mm-hmm. there's there's so many but hitting the show field at pebble i think was a very uh very high point and you know, along with that, we also had an opportunity to take a take one of the cars around the track at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Oh, cool! You know, and that's another like for me as a you know with a race car, you yeah. know, all, all things racing, uh, you know, love for that. That was absolutely hitting the home run. To, oh, yeah. To just- you know, even though the car was was only able to do about seventy miles an hour around there, you know, you're still coming around turn four down that, uh, oh, down yeah. that straightaway. The pagoda's in the distance, and you're just yep. going. I don't believe I'm here. Oh and yeah, I, I can only imagine. I got to go around that track, not in a race car, but I was there for a Formula One event when they first did that. Oh, and yeah. what struck me coming around that corner is how narrow the track felt when you're on it. You know, you look at the TV and you think, oh, you see cars four wide and you go, man, that's a, that's a big expansive freeway there. But no, it's not. It's a tight little deal. So it is. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I can't even imagine doing that at 200 plus. Oh, geez. Those guys yeah. are really brave. What was the kind of car that you guys got on the lawn at Pebble? It was a nine, it was a one of one car. It was a 1938 HRG coupe. You can look this thing up uh, on Wiki, uh, Wikipedia mm-hmm. or just, just put it out there. HRG was this little English uh, car building company, and I know the story very well, so I'll quickly go, go through it, the 30,000-foot version. Uh-huh. They only made 241 total cars in a 35-year period. Wow. Um, some very innovative stuff, and interestingly enough, over 200 of their cars are still running today. When they closed their doors in 1956, they uh, mothballed a lot of the parts, and there's a pretty active uh, enthusiast group over in England especially. But all of the cars they made were roadsters except for this one coupe that they made that basically had the back end uh, – well, the chassis of the car was uh, was from a, an old race car that they widened to be able to fit this coupe body, which resembles an airline coupe from the the MG Airlines. And it uses the same style body but much swoopier fenders, right. very elegant-looking little car. It uses a Triumph four-cylinder. It's the only HRG to use a Triumph engine. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So it's this fascinating little car with this little piece of history. And we literally – there are – photographs of the car from 1938 when it was debuted at the Brooklyn's racetrack in England. And uh, the car itself, the journey that the car took to get over to the United States was interesting enough of itself. And it sat in boxes for many, many years. And to be able to pull it out and after a many year, you know, build of a very unique and and uh and special build that uniqueness allowed it to be invited to to some uh, some very nice events in fact last year it spent most of last year in the peterson automotive museum out there mm. in los angeles on display that's the white one correct it's the white coupe yeah yes. i saw that car yeah that's a very interesting vehicle and yep. with that engine that you talk about which is 
makes it even more interesting. But yeah, it's almost, it's kind of like you took an MGTC or something and kind of stretched it out and squished it down and moved it around a little bit. It's, but it's a beautiful little car. It just. Very much a little uh, work of art. So, well, congratulations for that. Uh, well, let's go back in time again and talk about your first really special car and maybe share a memory you have with that vehicle. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, for me going back, I had gone through my my muscle car kind of being enamored with the high horsepower. And then a friend of mine was kind of more into sports car kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I ended up purchasing a Fiat X19, which is what all I could afford as a young man. Uh-huh. But I had so much fun in that little uh, sport. I dated my wife in that car. Ah, and cool. uh, we had we toured around in that thing and just had a blast. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, you know, it, like I say, it wasn't blazingly fast. Yeah. But it was just unique and, and neat, and I wouldn't mind having one today. Very cool. Well, how about seller's remorse, the tear in the eye? Is there a car you've owned that you've let go that you really wish you had back in the garage? You know— uh, not really. I'd say probably the X19 when I let that go. Uh-huh. I, I think that just because uh, it ha- held a few memories for me and was one of those ones where I really was kind of reluctant to give it up. But, uh, you know, it, it was be- it was falling to the uh, the wayside like so many of them did with the uh, the rust gremlins. Oh, yeah. Which were, they were very prevalent in those cars and in uh, mine had succumbed. And so it was time. But I, you know, it was reluctant to see the little fellow go. So uh, I, I wouldn't mind, uh, you know, finding a way to get one back in my garage some fine day. Yeah. Rust never sleeps, does it? It's Absol- always, no, it always chewing away those tin as they call them. Well, let's talk about today and tomorrow. I'd love for you to share with our listeners a little bit sure. more about Han Vorbach and Associates and, of course, this new venture, HV3D Works, that you're doing. So tell us what has you excited and fired up. Well, yeah, definitely a lot of my focus right now is on the HV3D Works. It is a fairly relatively new business. We really launched it in the middle of last year in 2016 and really had it get off the ground at uh, at the SEMA show. We, we took a gamble, scraped together enough money to be able to put together a display booth and uh, purchase the, the tickets and everything to get there so that we could put ourselves on display and talk to people about that. And, and, and that was that was a very good way to introduce it because, of course, it gave us a little buzz to work from. Yeah. But in addition, we were able to – good folks at MSNBC, the television network, who were looking for some stories to do for their Your Business program, which is a, a program on small businesses and entrepreneurs. And we talked with them. They were kind of fascinated, I think, partly because it, you know it's kind of high tech. It's new. It's, it's the buzz. Right. And the fact that both Bill and I aren't young kids anymore, you know, so <laughs> – they said, what are these old farts doing here? You yeah. know, <laughs> but they were very, very interested. And so we talked with them some more and they did come out in, uh, in December and filmed a, uh, a spot. And then back in January, that spot did air on MSNBC nationwide, cool. about a six minute spot. Um, you can find it on the HV3D Works website. Just scroll down and you'll be able to click on that okay. and see that piece. And they did a nice job. They did. They, I, I can't be more happy with, uh, with, turned out it turned out great very cool so 
you know, launching this business, it's it's interesting. What we have found is that in the business that we do know, which is restoration and customization, you know, you do come across that need for the, those unobtainium parts or mm-hmm. parts that are really very, very – if they aren't unobtainium, they're super expensive. Right. Or you might be able to get one, but you can't find the one for the other side, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so – that's when we started kind of messing with this with this 3D scanning and then engineering and printing. And uh, you know the thrill of it is is you know the ability to really be able to print parts in in metal. Mm-hmm. The metal printed parts are uh, really open the door to allowing us to work with stuff for for automobiles. Cool. And it's neat. And, uh, yeah. you know, we've done stuff. Door handles have been one thing. Emblems are another one. You know, and a lot of these are kind of non-volatile parts. We're not talking connecting rods and things here, mm-hmm. largely because for the most part, you usually could get those or they, they're very easily they're obtainable through uh, normal channels, you right, know. Right. But where this comes into play, Mark, is when you don't need to make 10,000 of them. The, uh, the additive yeah. manufacturing, that's the promise of the additive manufacturing, is the ability to make either highly complex or custom parts in small runs, you know, limited production. Right. One or two. It doesn't really matter if I make one or two or if I make 10 or 20 or 20 or 50. The price per piece is just about the same because it's really determined by the amount of material you use, mm-hmm. the type of material you're using, and the method that is used to actually do the printing. And so we've made uh, relationships with a number of different uh, printers and processors are around the country. Some people do uh, plastics. Some people do composite materials, carbon fiber printed mm. parts, which are very fascinating because yeah. of their strength and weight. Right. And it's certainly a multitude of different metals including stainless steel in canal titanium aluminum which you know is doable but generally speaking for aluminum you know cnc'ing is still probably cheaper right so wow you know we've had we're constantly pushing the envelope a little bit with this you know some of the things we know how to do fairly well but somebody will come along with something and say can you do this and then we have to push the envelope a bit more yeah this is really really cool and it's uh proof that you can teach two old dogs some new tricks. Uh, And uh, I think it's really fascinating, especially for those folks out there that are into restoration or into an old car and they're thinking, how on earth am I going to find this part? So very, very cool. I appreciate that. Thanks for sharing and wish you guys the best of luck. Thank you. Here's an introspective question for you, Paul. If you were a car, what kind of car would Paul be and why? You know, I thought about that quite a bit and I said, you know what? The car that best reflects me and my personality would be the T-Bucket Roadster that I own. The car is kind of quirky. <laughs> it's it's a uh, you know it, it, it's definitely unique. It reflects it, it really does somewhat reflect me a little bit over the top now and then, but basically you know not too much. I you know it, it has the the small block Chevy motor, but it's not overly overbuilt. Yeah, it's uh, it's streetable. It's it works, but it still looks cool. <laughs> and I I just like. You know, I just thought about that a lot, and I said, you know what? That 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 car actually, I built it myself, and I have have a feeling it's because it, you know, I'm able to reflect myself in it. Yeah, so, yeah. There you go. There you go. Well, you put some thought to that, and I appreciate that. <laughs> I know it's a funky question, but I get some interesting answers out of it. And, and many times, it's the car that somebody owns because they really have their heart and soul into their vehicle, and that's the way we are as car lovers. I mean, we just, you know, our cars mean a lot to us, and there's a lot of memories there. So, very nice. Well, Paul, up next is the last lap, but before we mm-hmm. put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, 
is with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. Okay, Paul, we are back and we're entering the last lap, and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Go fast, but be safe. Oh, gosh, yes, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe contributes to your success? Uh, I think it's probably just, you know, the stick-to-itiveness and the willingness to 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 step out and uh, mm-hmm. and inquire, you yeah. know, really, yeah. that's that's it. Well, key to entrepreneurship, at least two keys are uh, tenaciousness and um, persistence. So uh, definitely, so you need both of those things to survive. Absolutely. Now, how about resources? Uh, other than obviously you guys and this uh, this great new innovative technology you're using at HV3D mm-hmm. works, but is there another um, thing out there that you go to and that you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, you know, I, I I thought about that too, and and I I'll go back to the guys, the folks at MSNBC and the Your Business program. Yeah. If you are a small business or an entrepreneur, uh, you know, you got to get yourself up and out of bed on Sunday morning at, a, at like seven thirty or whatever uh, your local time, and you ought to watch this program because there are good tips there almost every weekend. I almost always get something good out of that. All right, awesome, awesome, great. And I'll make sure that, of course, on your show notes page on the Cars yeah website, we have a link to. That that show they did for you guys as well. Nice thing. Thank you. Now, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry or field, living or deceased, who would it be? Oh, boy. That, there's so many. Yes, um, I know. <laughs> I, I think Mario Andretti. Oh, I, cool. I think, 
I think Mario, I would really love to sit down with him and just sort of pick his brain because he had success and an experience in so many different types of racing, everything from Formula One to IndyCar to, yeah. to midgets to, to NASCAR. So, you know, his breadth and depth of, uh, of experience and knowledge, I think, uh, would just be fascinating. And if this, you know? if this doesn't make you feel old, I don't know what will. He just turned 80 years old. Oh, I know. Oh, my but, goodness. But he looks great. He does. Um, he does. Yeah. He does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I had a guest on the show here who knew of him when he was young, when he and his brother uh, first kind of swiped their dad's car to go race it, <laughs> which is how they started. And they, I think they flipped a coin to see who was going to be the driver, and the rest is history. So uh, if that coin had turned one more time, maybe it would be a different Andretti that we'd be hearing about. But Oh, yeah. Probably not. I mean, I think that guy has it in his DNA. Now, how about a book? Is there a book that you've read that you think the Car Shadow listeners would enjoy? Boy, uh, boy, that's a tough one. I, I was partially through, there was a, an autobi- or a biography on, on, uh, Jackie Stewart mm. that, uh, I had started working and I, I honestly, I was looking around for the book. I think Bill borrowed it. <laughs> yeah. And, there you uh, go. I don't, I'm, so I'm trying to figure out like who was the author and, but, you know, it was a nice autobiography on okay. him. And, and I think that uh, it, it was very, as I was into it, it was very telling about you know his mindset about, especially about the safety, oh, yeah. uh, uh, bringing safety to Formula One. Uh, you know, um, I think also you know you, you know another one that not so much a book but a, the movie Rush with uh, about Nicky Lauda yes. um, was another excellent movie that really portrayed that era of uh, of just the. Uh, the ridiculous amount of danger that was involved in the, in racing. Uh, yeah, hard to imagine. Well, when I have your buddy there, Bill Hahn, on tomorrow, I'm going to ask him, "Hey, where's Paul's book about yeah. Jackie Stewart? He needs his book back." So we'll see yeah. what he we'll see we'll see what he says tomorrow. All right, absolutely. Well, sure. listeners, you can find links to all these great resources Paul has shared on his show notes page at carsia.com/slash/paul-vorbach. His last name is spelled a V. O-R-B-A-C-H. And there's another great place on the Car Show website called Guest Recommended Books. It's under the Resources tab. And, oh, there are hundreds and hundreds of books there listed by uh, many of my or all my great past guests, including Paul, that you can just click to buy. It's a wonderful, wonderful resource. All right, we are up to the checkered flag. And this last question will be a bit of a doozy. If you could have mm-hmm. only one very cool collector car in your garage and money's no object, I'm going to buy you whatever you like today. <laughs> Isn't that nice of me? <laughs> what, oh, yeah. what would that be and why? Well, I saw a couple of years ago, it was up at auction. It was a Mercedes uh, 540K Special Roadster. I oh. believe it was a 37. And man, this thing was just aces. It was just to die for as far as being a beautiful automobile. Mm. And I said, you know what? If I could only have one collector car, you know, <laughs> it's not the fastest, but it surely is one of the most beautiful things, you know, pieces of automotive art. Oh, yeah. It was a convertible and it was just beautiful. And I said, that car was special so oh uh, um, yeah those things just command your eyeball attention i mean they just you walk up and it's just so magnificent it's hard to imagine somebody driving around the streets back in 1937-38 in one of those things i mean it's just absolutely stunning but uh all right well sounds like fun what color would you like yours to be well this one was black and i don't think you could beat that yeah it was yeah, beautiful yeah stately color Oh, my goodness. You picked a special one there. That's going to cost me a fortune. That's okay. (laughs) You're worth it, Paul. I'll go find you one of those, all right? Uh, Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. Well, Paul, you've taken me on an awesome ride today, and I knew you would, and I've really enjoyed learning more about you and your business. I'm looking forward to talking to Bill tomorrow here on Cars Yeah. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with me and the Cars Yeah listeners. 
Would you offer us one parting piece of wisdom and guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that 540K Roadster? Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, regardless of age, I think just stick to it, go at it, enjoy. I think you're only as old as you feel. And um, just don't give up. Don't give up. Go out and have some fun. Life is very fickle, and tomorrow is not guaranteed. So enjoy today and enjoy where you're going and, and, and have, have goals. Continue to have a, a forward direction. Absolutely. Uh, beats the alternative. It sure does. Well, words of wisdom from a wise guy who is – wise guy? <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. A wise guy, yeah. <laughs> a, very, a, very, a very wise man who was uh, walking his talk for sure. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your business? Absolutely. Well, you will find a few advertisements floating around in different publications. But basically, we have two websites. There is www.hanvorbach.com, which is really the the website for the uh, uh, restoration side of the world. And then www.hv3dworks.com. And that really takes you to the side that uh, gets involved with the 3D printing and all of that goodness. And you can find out all about us there. And uh, we'd be happy to hear from any of your listeners. Just even just, you know, send us an email, give us a call, whatever. Uh, we're always looking to talk cars with good people. So, Mark, I appreciate this opportunity so much. Oh, it's been great fun. The pleasure is all mine. And again, listeners, you can find links to those websites on Paul's show notes page at carsyeah.com slash Paul Vorbach. All right, Paul, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with the Cars Yeah listeners and me. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.